Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to Clemson Football with Yvonne Kirkland podcast. I'm Will Vandervoort, and of course here with me is the, is the man of the hour, LeVon Kirkland, um, former Clemson All-American, Ring of Honor. You can see that over to his shoulder if you're watching the video part of this. Uh, but uh, obviously, uh, he obviously played for the Pittsburgh Steelers as well, and it was a, a big-time Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, Ten years, right, LeVon, with the Steelers? Am I correct on that? Actually, it was just only nine years with the nine Steelers, but, a, but 11 years overall. 11 years overall, yeah. So, yes, sir. Uh, but uh, – you know, everybody, of course, if you're a Clemson fan, you're listening to this, you know LeVon Kirkland, number 44, uh, with the with the Clemson Tigers. Uh, during some great years, man. You want me to show them the shirt? Yeah, show, yeah, there you go, right there. Like, I like it, man. That's how you do it right there. Shirt. Yeah, yeah, so uh, – but anyway, uh, LeVon, many, many years with, with the Tigers, many, many years with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, welcome. Great. I love this. You called me up and said, hey, Will, would you do this? You helped me out. Man, I love that you, you you thought of me and, and you wanted me to come and be your co-host for this show, man. I, I Much appreciation, and I appreciate you allowing me to be a part of this. Oh, no problem, Will. You know, we know each other from way, way back, back in Jacksonville when you interviewed me. You told me you were a Clemson Tiger, and we just really hit it off from that point on. It's been several years since then, and when they approached me to do this podcast, I thought, my guy Will would be perfect. We have a good rapport, and I think we can make a very good show. Matter of fact, I know we're going to make a great show. Well, Matt, thanks again, and 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 I'm looking forward to this because I think we got um, I think we got some good ideas. I, yeah. I think if you're a Clemson fan out there, you're going to like this because you got two Clemson guys. They're going to talk about Clemson. Um, I've been covering Clemson now for uh, gosh, man, I'm getting old, dude. 17 years now. I've been covering Clemson. Wow. Yeah. So I, I know, right? I, I don't seem like we're yeah. that old, right? <laughs> you, don't look, you don't look like you've done anything for 17 years. Yeah, I know. So yeah. I've been, been in the business 23 years, as you know. Um, so, but uh, been doing this 17 with Clemson, and uh, so I know Clemson inside and out. Um, obviously, grew up a Tiger fan. Uh, so very familiar with the history and 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 all that stuff going back. I actually was a so people will know out there, I was a nerd growing up. In other words, I, I was just like this big sports nerd that kind of like, you know, read all the stats and everything. And I love to tell Tim Bure this story. Um, mm-hmm. Him and Mr. B are the reason why I do what I do because I, my brother was in the radio and they were part of the Clemson Sports Network. And my brother would give me all the game notes and all the media guides from <laughs> that Clemson would send them. And right. so he, he knew how much of a geek I was. So I would read them all. So that's – how I know all that uh, the Clemson trivia that I do, the people who follow me on Twitter or, or just know me know I, I can throw this Clemson history off the top of my head. And um, so, yeah, that's me. And, and, and then, of course, your, 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 your Clemson connection is obvious, you know, played uh, for yeah. Ford. So tell us a little bit what it was like, man, just, uh, you know, doing what you did for uh, the four years you were here at Clemson. I'm going to let you know it's amazing. I came here not very highly recruited and you you know, me and you are similar in a lot of ways because I was kind of a geek too, where I read all the programs that any school would send me. And I would read like a lot of books. I read a lot about athletes. I knew a lot about uh, about guys on the team before I even made the team or came on the team. So my first day on the team, I could point guys out. Even guys who were like walk-ons, I read about everybody. I knew everybody's name. So that's really one of my first experiences at Clemson. But, you know, it was amazing. I, I got a chance to play with some incredible guys. 
with some incredible players. We were the number one defense at one point in time when I was there. We are always, you know, pretty much in the top 10, uh, definitely top 10 in defense. I got a chance to run down the hill, got a chance to play with, uh, be coached with Danny Ford. That was amazing. And the Clemson fans were always very good to me. They really appreciate what I did. And I really appreciate their enthusiasm for the game, their knowledge about the game. And I really know we're going to give them something great to talk about and a great podcast. You talk about running down the hill. I got to run down the hill one time. Um, Fall? uh, No, I didn't fall. So it's a Uh funny story. So it's Florida State game 2009. I was working with Clemson and um, was working running the uh, stuff, the Ipte stuff that would come out, Ipte Media. And um, (laughs) so they asked me before the game, hey, we need an extra person to help keep the fans back on the hill are you would you will be willing to help us I said sure I'll help I don't got a problem so I thought I was gonna be like near the bottom of the hill or something like that so they put me right Right. up there where you guys come down and so I'm like up there first time I've experienced this on game day obviously and it's like 80,000 people it's a night game on ESPN and so you know I put my arms back and uh, you know I'm holding the people back and I'm like okay this is pretty cool you know I'm at least getting to see this part of it you know and so they go down the hill, the whole team does, and the last guy runs down. And the guy in charge looks over at me. He says, all right, your turn. I'm like, my turn for what? What? And he says, you got to go down the hill. I was like, seriously? He's like, yeah, that's the only way you got You got to run down the hill because we got to roll the carpet up. So you got to go down the right. hill. I was like, well, hold on a second. So I went over there, rolled the rock, and I ran down the hill. So, <laughs> so oh, and that's it was, amazing. It was awesome, man. I got for one day, I got the experience which you guys did all those times. So it, it was awesome. You know, I, I tell I, people. I tell people all the time, the best part about it is the vantage point you get when you come to the top of the hill and you see the whole stadium and you see the fan base. It is amazing. But I will always be on my left side where the fans are because I didn't want to get in the middle and, you know, crowd up and fall down. That was my biggest fear of falling down. So I always go on the left-hand side. And I really didn't take off down the hill. I would just run kind of slowly. Because I was always afraid of falling in the midst of all those players, so I, I was safe, but it was still a thrill, though it really was. Yeah, we're, and we'll get to talking about this week's games and all the stuff. But how much do you hold your breath, like I do, when those guys jump that hump right there before? I mean, so many of them jump it. I'm like, why are you doing that? You could tear an ACL just like that. I always think the same thing. I'm like, one of those guys are going to hurt themselves. But they do a pretty good job of doing it. And they get some height on it. I'm like, there's no way that LeVon Kirkland would have ever jumped on that hill. I'm telling you, I always went down very slowly. Yeah. Well, so it's yeah. kind of cool to see them do it, though, but not this guy. Yeah, there's a great picture of the Sweeney brothers. Their, right. uh, our, our photographer, Bart Boatwright, took it. And the, the Sweeney brothers are high-fiving in midair. As they're go, as they're ta- as they're jumping that hump there, and it's like I'm like, oh my! I mean, they're way off the ground too. It's but like you crazy. see what their father does, right? He sprints <laughs> down. I'm like, there's no way in H E double hockey sticks that I'm going to jump on that stadium or I'm uh, that hill or I'm going to run. So they actually gave each other a high five, huh? They gave it, yeah. They're they're jumping and they're getting and, and Bart's got a perfect picture. It's on our photo guys, the Clemson Insider. If people want to see it, and it's like they're high fiving each other. It's like it's like crazy. That's ridiculous. Good for them though. <laughs> yeah. Good for it, them. Exactly. Well, hey man, let's uh, let's get talking about it. This is week one. It's not only week one for us, but it's week one for the college football season for the Clemson Tigers as they mm-hmm. go on the road and play at Wake Forest this week. Um, 
First of all, there's a couple interesting things as this game happens today, uh, or this Saturday, I should say. One of the interesting things about it is, um, you know, there's going to be no fans in the stands, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But another thing is, is Trevor Lawrence indicated on social media um, over the weekend, is the players are going to unveil some things this week and then some more next week with their first home game in Death Valley, sort of, um, you know, with the, the Black Lives Matter movement and – uh, I think the ACC is coming with the United movement that they're having as a conference as everybody's staying together. And Clemson's going to kind of do their own thing. You know, for you as a former player, you're kind of interested to see what that's going to be like, what they're going to do this week, what they're going to unveil this week, and then also next week. Of course. I, I think it's, uh, I have to really give them the biggest praise for actually standing up for a cause that when I played, we, we didn't really have causes like that, or we didn't really have the information. And now that they have the information, and I think a lot of things have been awakening in this country, they understand that they have a they have a platform that they can really get that message out and also be able to educate a lot of folks that may not quite get the cause. And for Trevor Lawrence, who is a player, honestly, who really doesn't have to be one of the one of the guys out front to see him do that is honestly very amazing. And you saw Trevor when everything started hitting the fan at the beginning of this, he was one of those first players that say, Hey, I'm with my brothers. He had a perspective that I don't think a lot of adults even have. So to see him leading the way is quite incredible. And I think everybody at Clemson needs to be proud of that. Yeah. And that says a little bit about him is, is, is him as a leader, on and off the football field. And, and it talks about, you know, um, how much not only does he care about his school and the program, but how much he cares about his teammates, knowing that, hey, this is an important subject for everybody involved, and we need to be out in front, and, and I want to be involved with it. And um, I think it just says a lot about his character as a young man and why he's such a special guy. And and that's that probably explains why he's so successful in what he does, because when somebody has that kind of character, they're generally successful in life. Am I right? Yeah, no question about it. You can you can see that he really cares about his teammates. And even though he's not really experienced any of that, and he'll mm -hmm. tell you that he hasn't, but he, he really gets it from the black player's perspective and what they may go through. And for him to see it that way at the age that he is, I mean, that's a very incredible, mature perspective that a lot of times you really don't see in some athletes. For, for him to see that, is incredible and it's no surprise why he's so successful on the field and off the field and the the guy has had a tremendous career at Clemson but for him to be out there in the front lines expressing his feelings about it is something as a former player that you really appreciate as a former player that kind of segues into what we want to talk about next you know, you just talked about a little while ago, you used to play in front of 80,000 people <laughs> in the NFL. You played in front of 65, 70,000 people. You played in a Super Bowl. You know, you're, you were used to always playing in front of large crowds. And I know as a player, you guys don't get really get, you know, you kind of zone that out while you're playing and everything, but this is going to be a different experience for, for a lot of teams this year, especially this week for Clemson. They're going up to Winston-Salem, man, and there's going to be nobody in the stadium. The state of North Carolina has a law where they're not allowed because of COVID-19 right now. They're not allowing any gatherings of more than 25 or whatever it is. And 
So they said no to no fans in the stands for their full schools through the month of September. And, man, how weird is that going to be for those players on game day? I know it's all about bring your own energy and don't worry about stuff like that. But come on, man. You guys do feed off, at least at the beginning, feed off the crowd a little bit. Of course we did. If anybody tells you that they don't feed off the crowd, uh, I think they're frankly lying. It's going to be weird because I watched the Navy and, uh, and it was a BYU game last mm-hmm. night. Yep. No fans in the – really nobody in the stadium. And it was the weirdest thing. And I really think that it affects the home team more so than the away team. And I think also when you're talking about being accustomed to seeing large crowds, and Clemson brings a large crowd no matter where they, where they go. It's going to be strange, that first game, because I think you do depend on that energy sometimes for the fans. You really do, especially the home team. It can really make a difference. So not to have that and you are a underdog underdog in this game, I think it's going to be a little weird at first. I think everybody has to get accustomed to it. But, man, it's going to be strange because, I mean, ESPN is going to be there. It's, going to, it's supposed to be – a fan thing. That first game is supposed to be a lot of excitement. Supposed to be a lot of energy. Now, we're not going to have that energy at all. So, that will be interesting to see how that game goes. Yeah, and it's like, you know, there's no tailgating. There's no, you know, I know from my perspective, I pull up and, you know, I get there generally, road games, I'll get there maybe three, four hours ahead of time, um, and you know, just to get set up, make sure if there's any problems. I'm always, you know, I I give myself plenty of time to where it's not going to affect me doing my job. And, it would be weird just to kind of pull up to the stadium. And by, and by the way, I'm not going to be able to go to the game this week as a media member because they're only allowing three members of the media from the visiting team in. So this is the first game I've missed since my stepfather's funeral back in 2006. Wow. So, um, you know, it's going to be weird not covering a game, actually covering it there. I'll be covering the game, but they're, we're going to do everything like, like this through Zoom. So it's like post-game will be through Zoom and all that. It's, it's a weird world right now, um, it, as, we, it really as, is. as we all know. So it's going to be yeah. – that part's just weird. But, like, next week when I'm covering here at Clemson, I will be able to cover the game as a member of the media there. Um, they're going to have a limited press box size there too, but they're allowing the regular guys to come and cover it. So it's going to be weird pulling up and, like, nobody's really tailgating. There's not no. going to be that sea of tailgate that you see at Clemson where no it's barbecue. just – Yeah, none of that. It's no going to be none of that. It's just yeah. – it's a weird time. Yes, it's about the game, and we're all excited that they're playing football, and I think that's the number one thing. And obviously, player safety is number one before that. But just just to see how weird it's going to be, man, I, I just haven't got my head around what it's going to be like right now. And and then I think in Saturday, it's like I'm going to be sitting at – sitting on my couch, really, kind of watching the game. Right. Working, that's going to be good Now, for me, that's normal. I, I like watching the game uh, from the comforts of home, being able to really see the replays of it. So, a lot of times, I actually like watching it from home. But can you, I bet you can't count on your one hand how many games that had no fans at all throughout the year. Even if it's two bad teams versus two bad teams, at least the parents will be there. But this time in a national televised game, no fans. That's going to be amazing. I covered high school football for many, many years. Yes. And I never experienced a game where there's no fans. I, I covered some bad teams in high school football, but they right. always had fans. So yeah. this is going to be – as you. I think the weirdest thing is what you mentioned earlier. 
ESPN's going to be there. College game day is going to be there. They're going to have the sideline reporter on the sideline. Maria Taylor, I believe, is going to be there. Right. And there ain't nobody else. There's no cheerleaders. No there's else. no band. It's just the two teams and a sideline reporter. <laughs> yeah, you, you think that would be uh, an advantage for any team to look at those games and see if they could steal some signals? Mm-hmm. Is that a possibility, you think? You know, that's something I hadn't thought about. But, yeah, I think that's, that's definitely a whole lot easier for, for, for teams to sit up there. I mean, there's no distractions. You know, there's, there's nothing getting in front of them or anything like that. I, I would what? say that's probably uh, something. And I bet you 10 to 1, the coaches on both sides have thought that very same thing. They're all glad, though, um, that yes. uh, Bobby Petrino is not coaching anymore at Louisville since he was it's like when there was rumors <laughs> that he was doing some of that. So, <laughs> so I don't so know if you're – When you talk about coaching, man, you, those, some of those guys would do any and everything to win. Mm-hmm. So – I guarantee you they got somebody watching the television version of it and see if they can get anything, see if there's anything that they can steal or anything that they can say, hey, you know, when they do this, there's a possibility of this happening. So we'll see what happens, but it's going to be interesting watching this game with no fans in the stands and how the ebb and flow will go. Yeah, um, Bill Belichick, he says that doesn't happen at all. <laughs> yeah, he should know. Yeah, he should know. Yeah, um, he should know. First, first game of the season, man. You know, you were a former player. What was that feeling like as you, as you kind of think back and, and when you were a player? No matter what level, what was it like getting ready for that first game? How's that different from all the other games you played during the course of a season? Well, the season's at a new, and it's a chance to maybe right some wrongs or maybe it's a chance to prove everybody that you are as good as you say you are. And in this case, I always thought that, man, this is a chance for me to come out guns a blazing. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to have a really first good game, but that first game was always an adjustment. Even though you practice and even though you're hitting and you're scrimmaging against each other, that first game is always a little different. It's never the same. It's a lot of excitement in the air. It's a lot of energy in the air. You feel it. And, man, you just want to get off to a great start. So that's how I always felt about it. I was always excited about it. Uh, always look forward to it because, you know, you have this really long camp, which can, can tire you out, quite honestly, whether you're on the NFL level, the college level, or the high school level. Man, that preseason is always tough, and you're ready to get, rid of, um, get through it. And then there's a game. And the wins and losses counts. If you're any kind of competitor, that's what you want. It's all about the wins and losses, man. And you get that first game, it's a great feeling. It, it, when you did NFL and you did the preseason games, though, that what, was that like just a scrimmage to you guys? Because sometimes you guys didn't even play in the third and fourth quarter, right? It was boring. <laughs> yeah, it was boring. Because you know, yeah. You, I mean, you knew you were going to play only – a series or two, mm-hmm. the first preseason game. So your your whole attitude was to go in there, look good with a six or maybe eight plays you get. You get in there, you get three and out, and then you get to take off your shoulder pass. <laughs> and that was it. And, I mean, uh, that was how it was, and especially if you were a veteran. You were like, I want to get in. I don't want to get hurt. I just want to make sure every play I I do, 
looks good. I don't make any mistakes. I can come out and I can kind of critique everybody else. Or because we didn't have any cheerleaders, you get to look at the other team's cheerleaders <laughs> and assess what they have going on. Yeah. So that was one of the big things about preseason. That's why my first job, one of my first jobs, I got to cover Jacksonville and that was that was that was the benefit the 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 roar dancers down there they were um yeah. they were quite entertaining uh, to say the least um i was watching for the dance moves i'll be honest that's yeah. the only reason i was watching levon that's, all. that's the only reason i was watching too i just wanted to see um were the dance move on point and were they all together that's the only reason why i wanted to look at it and then plus the cool thing was if you're a veteran or you're a starter you can get a hot dog in the third quarter so Are you kidding me? Have a hot dog because you're starving. <laughs> Man, you, you played, you're starving. You haven't, you haven't eaten for hours. So you want, you know, I would tell my guy, hey, man, go get me a hot dog. Be discreet about it. Don't let anybody see you. But bring me a hot dog. I eat one in the third quarter. Dude, that is insight. You're not going to get anywhere else right there. Never. I never knew that. I mean, I've been doing this forever. Never knew you guys were eating down there. Never not. Uh, yeah. you, you just hide it very well. Make sure the head coach doesn't see it. <laughs> and I probably shouldn't have been eating because of my size as a, a linebacker. But, man, I, I was starving, man. I, I couldn't wait any longer. I had to get something to, to nourish my body and to really feed my mind as I watch the other players and sometimes the cheerleaders cheer. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, week one, man. Speaking of cheering, week one, yes. Wake, Wake Forest. I know you're going to be watching the game and, and root for the Tigers. Um, let's look at this game a little bit. Um, I think a lot of people – Clemson's a 33-point favorite. I think a lot of people are like, okay, they're just going to go in there and roll. But there's a lot more to this game than actual just Clemson beating Wake Forest. or having, I think it's a matter of the way they look when they come out. Um, you know, how do they take control of this game? Because it's no doubt we know they're the better players. Now, Wake Forest got a couple of great players on there. You know, the defensive yeah. end is one. I think he's going to be a first-round draft pick, um, right. probably one of the best defensive ends in the ACC. He's going to give Jackson Carmen some trouble, and it's going to be a nice little matchup to watch that. But other than that, I think Clemson is really more dominant everywhere else on the field, and they should have no problem with this game. Just so you understand, the last couple of years, man, they've outscored them 115-6 to six the last two years. They've outscored Wake And those are Wake Forest teams that won seven, eight games, you know. So, right. I, I, I'm not expecting anything different this year. But what I am looking for is, you know, you know, how does the backup running backs look? How do those freshman running backs look? How do those second-team offensive linemen look? And more importantly, how does DJ – and, and, and Travis Pupichon, how do those guys look? So what, what is it you're actually looking for as you watch this game this week? Well, you, you know Wake Forest with Coach David Glosson. It's going to be well-prepared. This team has gone to four consecutive bowl games. So this is, in part, a very good team. They had some key losses, uh, especially their quarterback, uh, Jamie Newman. Mm-hmm. He was a great quarterback. You, you bring in Sam Hartman who was in 2018 uh, a player, man. He was a, he was a good start. He broke his leg, and it kind of gave him a setback. So, to me, you're interested in what Wake Forest is going to do with some of the losses they have. They're leading wide receiver. They're leading rushing. They're leading um, back. There are three offensive linemen that they lost this, um, this year. So, it's going to be interesting to see how they do as a team. Are they going to run that slow read option? Can they do it with Hartman in the game? That's going to be interesting to see. But also, you turn on the flip side. 
Clemson's the number one team coming in, and they should be the number one team coming in. You look at what they got coming back with Travis Law, uh, Travis Lawrence, um, with Travis Etienne. Uh, the defense they got coming back. I mean, the old line. Even though the old line is going to be missing a lot of starters, only one starter is coming back. Those guys have had a lot of experience throughout the season last year. And you normally when you have that, those guys are going to probably stand up and play well. So you're wondering at this time how Clemson's going to look. You know, who's going to be that wide receiver? That's going to be the go-to guy because of Ross being down. T. Higgins has gone on to the NFL. It's going to be interesting to see the dynamics of that offense. And I'm sure they're not going to show everybody everything, but I think there's some guys on the Clemson team that really have a lot to prove in this first game. So although this is different circumstances with no no fans in the stand, it'll it'll be interesting to see how Clemson handles being number one and being such a being such a power in this game and being the guys that are supposed to win this game and really supposed to win it easily. Yeah, and I think when I look at this game, I'm interested to see how, you know, Trevor Lawrence comes out after I mean, let's be honest, there's been a lot of distractions out there and he's he's leading the way for this team. I want to see how sharp he is in this first game because remember the last time we saw him play Right. He had his worst game of his career where he right. – I think they said the other day he had 13 overthrows against LSU in the national championship game, which was right. the most by any quarterback in the entire country last season and, and for one game. And so that – I want to see how he comes back, you know, with everything that's gone on with COVID and all this other stuff, how focused he really is now that the season is here and getting prepared. Because the guy we do know, we, we saw for the first 29 games of his career – he was almost flawless and very prepared and uh, played very well. And I think that's what we're going to get. But I want to see him now bounce back because this is his first game since that game where he's actually got to go on the field and, and show what he can do again. Yeah, we can always assume what a guy's going to do from his past experience. And that last game, you hope that uh, Trevor Lawrence doesn't really panic because I think he really has no need to panic. I, I think if he takes the approach that, hey, I'm all about winning – I'm all about making sure I make the right reads and making sure I throw to the right guy. If he does that and not, I don't think he has to gamble so much and always try to hit the home run. If he can spread the ball around, the guy is an incredible arm talent. He's an incredible quarterback. So I'm like you. I think he's going to probably have a really good game. But like you said before, you just never really know. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes out and lead this team. Real quick before we get out of here, you're a defensive guy. A lot of new faces on defense this year. You know, they brought in Brian Brzee, the, the talented defensive tackle, the number one player in the country last year. You know, they got uh, K-Part. We've heard about him, the talented freshman. Miles Murphy, the defensive end, also talented freshman. But they bring back other guys, too, that are veteran players. Uh, Mike Jones, who's going to now be replacing Isaiah Simmons. Um, in this game, you're going to have Jake Venables replacing James Skowski for just one half. Uh, as he's the starter because of the targeting rule from last year's national championship game. Um, and then, you know, on the back end, you, you, you're bringing only back one guy, Darian Kendrick. Everybody else is going to be new starters, even though Nolan Turner is a veteran guy. But this will be mm-hmm. technically his first start as a, you know, he's the main guy starting at safety. So what do you want to see from this Clemson defense? And what is there a certain player you're really anxious to see, see how he plays? You know, honestly, I'm looking at Jake Venables. 
and see how he handles being the inside linebacker because I think that's an important position, as you well may know from me. Mm-hmm. I want to see how he adjusts to being a starter for the first time. It, you know, it's one thing to play mop-up duty because you really have nothing to lose. You can go out there and just turn it loose. But as an inside linebacker, you're making all the calls. You're making sure everybody gets set up and in the right position. So I like to see how he handles that, his first game starting on a collision uh, collegiate level. Now, I've, I've actually did a camp with him, and I, he was impressive to me. I thought he had all the skills. He can do it all, cover, stop the run. And I think even in mop-up duties, I thought he did a pretty good job. But being a former inside linebacker, I would love to see how he handles that pressure in that situation. But also, you want to see what Clemson's going to do on defense. Because the year before, they lost the, the Power Rangers. They lost all those defensive linemen to the NFL. And you're thinking to yourself, how are they going to replace them? And I thought that Coach Venables did a great job of adjusting to his talent. And I have to tell you, a lot of coaches wouldn't do that. They kind of coach their scheme because they know their scheme. I thought it was a brilliant job that he used a three-man line. He used his back guys because that's where he had the most talent. And he brought different he brought different blitzes. He showcased those guys, especially Isaiah Simmons, and what he can do from a linebacker position and also a safety position. Now, the big talk in town is that they got this incredible D-line coming in, especially their freshmen, and they got a lot of depth. You want to see what happens this year. Is he going to go back to that four, that four down lineman kind of game, or is he going to mix it up, or what is he going to do? But what I like what Clemson has done is they always adjust to the situation. So that's one thing as far as a defensive uh, perspective that I would like to see. What kind of defense is going to come out with uh, what players are going to show up on that defensive line that's supposed to be absolute studs? Uh, what guy's going to show up and be a big-time player? And how throughout the year they're going to adjust? So I'm excited about this game as far as a defensive perspective. You kind of almost know what you have on the offense. But on the defense, I think it's going to be brand new again, you know, just mm-hmm. like it was the last several years. Yeah, and, and you know, speaking going back to Jake Venables uh, starting – if there's anybody who's good to be the middle linebacker that has to make the calls, it's the guy that has the same last name as the defensive coordinator. He better know it, right? Or he's going to well, be – you know, that, that could be a lot of pressure also. You know, um, everybody's expecting him to be a cerebral, smart player, kind of be like his dad. But, you know, you'll see how he handles that. And always, you got to be your authentic self as a player. And, you know, just because his dad is one way, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be that way. So it's going to be interesting to see what he brings to the table. But honestly, I like this young group of linebackers and what they can bring to the table. I think, honestly, they may be a little bit more athletic than what we've seen in the past. Man, we're going to see. I tell you what, I like Mike Jones, man. I'm looking forward to watching him. And Trent Simpson, right. he's going to be good, too, the freshman. I, I, I'm with you. I think there's some talent there at linebacker. They're just raw right now. And But I think as the year goes along, we're going to start seeing more and more of them get better and better and better, man. And, LeVon, man, I can't believe, man, we're already up to our time limit, man. This is crazy, oh, man. man. This has been fun, dude. This is what it's all about, right? Fun. Yeah, we're man. We're going to continue to have a lot of fun. You know me. I love talking about Clemson football. And I've ran out of people to talk 
to Clemson football about. I mean, I can only talk a little bit more about with my brothers and my friends. They're like, geez, LaVon, give us a break. <laughs> so, Will, with you, I can really talk the game. So I'm looking forward to what we can bring to this podcast. Yeah, me too, buddy, man. It's great. It's great being a first one's in the books now. Now we can yes. relax and, and, and just keep going forward here as we move forward. We hope everybody out there listening has enjoyed it. And we'll come back next week and listen again as we'll talk about week two as the Tigers get ready for the Citadel. And we'll talk about whatever else is on our brains at the same time. But, LaVon, thanks so much, man. This has been uh, Clemson Football with LaVon Kirkland. I'm Will Vandervoort. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.